The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. It's about trust. Yeah, yeah. It's about faith. It's about trust. Good morning. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California, streaming online at KUCI.org and podcasting on iTunes. Welcome to Prescriptions for Healing Conflict. I'm Lloyd, the show's engineer. Your host is Mari Frank, an attorney mediator since 1985. She's the author of several books, including Negotiations, Breakthroughs, and Fighting for Love. She's a mediator for the Orange County Superior Court Civil Mediation Panel and she privately mediates business, employment, divorce, and other civil cases in her private practice in Laguna Niguel, California. Marie is a professor of negotiations and conflict management and has been a certified state bar trainer for over 25 years. She teaches leadership and conflict management courses at Brandman University and here at UCI. She also trains corporate leaders powerful communication and conflict transformation skills. To learn more about this show and our great guests, please visit conflicthealing.com. Samari, who's your guest today? We have a wonderful guest coming to us from the East Coast today, Yolanda Galt Cavanis, who wrote this great book that I've been reading called Child Please, and the subtitle is How Mama's Old School Lessons Helped Me Check Myself Before I Wrecked Myself. Let me tell you a little bit about Yolanda. Yolanda is an author a veteran journalist and education advocate. Over the last 20 years, uh, in, she has um, been a, a journalist, and her uh, she's been working with Digital Magazine Career, and she's been a senior producer at iVillage, lifestyle and parenting editor at Essence Magazine, as well as retail and fashion reporter at Crane's New York Business. Child Please, which is the name of this new book, How Mama's Old School Lessons Helped Me Check Myself Before I Wreck Myself, is her first book after many, many articles. And her feature writing and editing has appeared in a variety of publications, including the New York Times, Red Book, Health, the Huffington Post. And she is best known for her coverage of family, parenting, women's, and lifestyle topics. And she has appeared on NPR, Today, Good Day New York, ABC News, and other broadcasts. And she lives in northern New Jersey, not too far from New York City, with her three amazing children. So thank you so much, Yolanda, for joining us today. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. You know, as I was reading your book, I was thinking about my mom, my own mom, who has Mm -hmm. passed. And all the things that, you know, you kind of look at them as old school, old fashioned, you know. And then as you get older, you start to say, you know what, there was some real wisdom in there. And so I was kind of getting nostalgic reading your book and kind of relating to that about some of the things that my mother used to say that, you know what, she was really right. And you found that same thing. The same exact experience. I think all of us, but especially daughters, 
have that kind of a back and forth with their mothers. Um, and as we grow older, I think I don't care if they're across town, if they're hundreds or thousands of miles away, or even if they're deceased. You just you hear your mother's words <laughs> ringing in your ears after a while. You run up against a situation that, you know, um, reminds you of something she used to warn you about or something right. she scolded you about. And you run across the information in your mind now with fresh eyes. Almost like you said, you're almost thinking, you're not rolling your eyes anymore. You're thinking, yeah. huh. Yeah, <laughs> what she said, right. like that. It happened to me, I can't tell you how many times, especially as my kids got older. Right, right. And things that they said, you kind of poo-pooed, and then later you go, gosh, those were words of wisdom. Yes, <laughs> yes, you know, they, they weren't so far off the mark after all. I should have listened. Exactly. But we have to experience life, all the lessons that we have to go through to you get do. to that point. Yeah. So what motivates you to write the book, Child, Please? Well, as you mentioned in that marvelous intro, you make me sound, I thought, a lot more significant than I think I am, but um, you mentioned that I've been writing for a long time, and a lot of my writing has been centered around women's and parenting, family issues, things like that, and I think with any job, after a while, even when you enjoy it, you get to a point where you're just, um, you're doing it and you're not necessarily thinking through all the steps that well, or maybe I should just speak for myself. I know yeah. I got that way as a parenting journalist, and I was parsing study after study and, you know, telling parents that this study shows that, you know, kids need this much self-esteem and this study shows that discipline should work this way and that way. Right. And as I was doing this, and my children were growing up, I was beginning to find that all of this information was sort of clashing together. One study this month would contradict the study <laughs> from last month. Right. And, you know, it, it was, I thought, I'm doing this as a profession. So if I feel like I'm lost in the sauce, <laughs> how must other parents feel? They're just reading it, and I'm going through this every day. And I thought to myself, again, on the personal front with my mom's voice ringing in my ear, I thought she never had any of this. She never had, you know, a Pew study or a Kaiser study. She never had <laughs> any of this. All she had was her own common sense and her maternal instinct, and it worked out okay. And so look, and maybe look I better reevaluate some of the things I'm doing and take right. some of this knowledge because it's good to have some knowledge. I mean, right, we know now that we shouldn't be pregnant and smoking. Right, right, right. <laughs> it's good to take some of the new and blend it with the old, not throw all the old out the window. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And, it, you know, um, Obviously, she raised a really successful daughter, so she must have done something right. Well, you know what? I was also thinking to myself, um, like all of us, I read reports from college deans and employers as they talk about the new generation of workers and students who come, and they're woefully unprepared. A yes. lot of them expect to be CEO after their first day on the job, or a lot of them don't know how to figure out how to juggle their class assignments and such. And I came to the realization that our generation was raised with these kinds of rules, if you, if you would, and they stemmed from, I mean, in my case, a black mom, but it could have been agricultural-based. It could, it could be, an, it, it's also an immigrant's perspective. It's just the right. idea of work hard and work harder still to get what you want and figure things out, be resourceful. Right. And here was a generation that threw that out 
and look what the result looks like it is in some cases. You know, a generation of maybe, and I don't mean to paint the whole generation as, as, as this, but, you know, a lot of people are saying that kids nowadays, they're not able to figure things out. Someone normally comes along and fixes things for them, and they seem to almost, even when they get to a workplace environment or college environment, they, they seem to always be expecting that somehow something's going to get done, right. whether they make a move or not. Exactly. And, and I think about me, you know, both of my parents worked, and I was like a latchkey kid. Yeah. <laughs> and, yep, you know, right. I had to learn to fend for myself. Mm-hmm. And I can see how what I did with my own kids, uh, you know, I finally re- figured it out and, and wanted them to, you know, learn how to do a lot of things on their own. And, right. And, and thank goodness they have, you know, they, they are doing okay. But yeah. there was a while there that it was like, do everything for me, do everything for me. But, mm-hmm. they, but they really, you know, I've had to kind of do some of the tough love stuff and say, you know, you have to figure this out. I can give, I can ask you the right questions. Right. I can lead you in the right direction, but it really, you really need to do this so that you can grow, you know? That's important. I'm glad you mentioned that because it's not tough for the sake of toughness. It's not be harsh or be old school just because it's romantic. Right. You have to realize that as adults, we all can say, None of the things we accomplished came easily. None of the worthwhile things, right? And in, in no way did we grow from being happy all the time. It was always those tough things that made us take deep looks at ourselves and, you know, reevaluate some things and maybe do some things differently. So the expectation that our kids should be happy all the time is really, really off base. And a lot of books will tell you, oh, these are the things happy families do, or this is the way to be happy. This is the way that shouldn't be our objective, really. It right. really shouldn't. And we don't want to enable our kids so that exactly. they that they can't fend for themselves. I, you know, I I remember a tough time with my daughter when I was just literally kicking her out of the house. She had come back from college and she didn't get the job <laughs> she wanted. And you know, I finally had to say, "You are not just going to stay here. You have to get a job. I don't care what it is." Yes. And yep. you know, I said, "I'm like the mother bird. I have to yeah. kick you out of the nest, and you yeah. will learn to fly." Because if I don't, I make cripples out of my kids. That's right. That's yeah. right. My mom used to tell us, actually, I know this sounds really harsh, but she used to tell us as we grew up, when you leave, don't come back. Yeah. <laughs> and all these parents now. You can come back to visit. Right. But when you leave, don't come back. And right. um, it's right. funny because my 16-year-old said to me, just kind of off the cuff, she's looking at colleges, and she said, well, you know, when I come back and, you know, figure, I said, Corey, no, you don't, you don't come back, honey. Right. She right. said, well, everybody comes. I said, no, no, you don't, you don't. And if you look at that as an option, then you will. So, you know, when you're in school, when you're in college, you start planning right away. Start planning freshman year, sophomore year. How do you set yourself up so that you don't come back? Because, yeah. I mean, it's not fun. I wouldn't even think for them to come back to a set of rules and, you know. Yeah, and well, that what happens is they don't want to follow your rules, but it's your house. So Right, right. Oh, I was just <laughs> so having that conversation with a mom who's 19 or 20-year-old is home from college and thinking, curfew? Yeah. But I, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> right, right. Or at least, like, even when my son comes to visit, he lives in New York City, but when he comes to visit, you know, he kind of laughs at me. He goes, Mom, you know, I mean, he's already in his 30s. And 
<laughs> and I go, well, just let me know, you know, just let me know what time you're coming home. I don't care what time. Just let me know. What you're but, but, yeah, right, yeah. Right, and he goes, right. Mom. Because I, it's your house and yeah. you deserve that consideration. And I don't want to be worried that he's in an accident when he's in living in New York City. I don't know the difference, you know, what's happening. Yeah. So I think that's, you know, part of it. But he kind of laughs. He goes, you know, Mom, I I do take care of myself. You know, I go, I know, I know, honey, just, uh, you know, so I don't think you ever stop being a mom. But at the same time, you know, we we do want to empower our kids. Yes, it's really important, especially now, because life is so much more complicated. Yeah. So when you think back on the advice that your mom had given you, um, What do you think is the best advice she has given you? Well, I think one of the best things she said to us as we grew up was, go someplace and sit down, which now, when she said it, said to us, kind of get out of her face because maybe we're in the way. (laughs) (laughs) But the reason I like it now when I look back, because it was another way of saying time out. I think, you know, it was, it was not right. as nice as sounding at the time out, but it did signal to us that we were getting ahead of ourselves and we needed to sit down someplace and get our wits about us. And I like that now because I feel as though there's so much information in front of our kids all the time, you know, all these channels on the television, all these, um, you know, websites and whatnot in the palm of their hands with their smartphones. And I like go someplace and sit down because it says get out of the fast-paced life that you're in right now. Get, get, out of, get out of all this media consumption. Sit down and be still. Be yes. still. Yeah. You know, I think it was kind of a mindfulness before there was a word for it. Right. But just be still. Get, get yourself together. Get your thoughts about you. Don't think about your friends and what they're doing. Don't think about Vine or the gram, as they call Instagram. or whatever. I'm sure I'm missing something, and I'm probably late now because it's probably on to something else. Those things are probably not cool anymore. But whatever it is, I mean, I tell you, my kids and their friends, they walk down the street looking at these screens. So, you know, and it's nothing for someone to ask me. One of my kids asked me as we're driving somewhere on a road trip, where are we? And I'm thinking, didn't you just see the road sign that said, <laughs> you know? Exactly. But they don't see it because they, it's not like when we were kids. They're not looking at road signs. They're not looking at out-of-town license plates. They don't, they don't do that. They don't do that anymore. They don't. And, and they're not being mindful if they're, if they're just no. constantly looking on their smartphone, then they're, not, they're missing the trees, they're missing the lakes, they're missing right. all of the interesting things going by. But, you know, I had to laugh when you just said, you know, when your mom would say, you know, go go get quiet, mm-hmm. you know, she probably needed some mindfulness, too. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> like a bunch of kids driving her nuts. You know so, that's, it's so funny you mentioned that because that's another really important point that I wanted to mention, which is that we get so, I think in parents' Nowadays, modern parenting tells us that our kids should be in a team sport. They should play an instrument. They should, they should, they should, they should. So we run ourselves ragged to make sure that they do all these things that we hope and think will make them successful. As a result, we're going crazy because we work, and then we're trying to drive them all these places and spending all this money. And we're not ourselves either. I, I caught myself one day racing home from work and yelling to one of my kids, come on, we, we're going to be late for soccer. Get your cleats. And the other one, get your music sheets. And, you know, these are things, when you think about it, that are supposed to be enjoyable. They call them enrichment. But 
they were becoming a chore. Right. And they were making me, you know, a crabby person to be around because I was feeling so much pressure to get people where they needed to be on time. And I wasn't tending to myself. A lot of times I was hungry or, you know, I needed a coffee break. I could see it like mom did. I just needed a moment to chill. And I thought, what's the use of all this? Why are we running around? This cannot make a kid happy. I don't care what you say about success. I can't imagine that feeling this kind of stress all the time is really going to lead to anything good. And I came to the conclusion, as I think our parent generation did, you know, that there has to be some measure of self-preservation. I feel as though my mom and her friends took care of themselves in a way that a lot of modern moms don't, you know, um, my mom laughed because I did an interview and I said, you know, my mom always looked good. She says, I did not. <laughs> but she always tried. You know, yeah, she had lipstick yeah, on. and yeah. she was, I went out of the house sometimes, I have to admit, you know, with my pajamas on to take the kids to school. <laughs> I, 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 my mother would never have done that. Oh, my gosh. She'd never <laughs> have done that. You know, um, if her friends came over, we knew we should leave the room. She didn't try to schedule a babysitter or try to pencil in me time. When she decided she wanted to do something, she did it, and we adjusted. So mm-hmm. she knew instinctively, I think as we all do, but we pushed aside that sometimes you just need to chill. Sometimes you just need girlfriend time, or you just need to sit down and, well, I mean, I don't smoke, but my mom would sit down. She doesn't smoke anymore, but she'd sit down with a telephone. I remember that princess phone. She'd sit down <laughs> with it sometimes on a Saturday morning, and she'd smoke one of those Virginia Slims. <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean, and she was smart. I mean, yeah. unfortunately, my mother didn't do that because she worked so hard. You know, she mm. worked with my dad and, and then would want to have some time with us, so she didn't. But I do see how important that is because if we're not de-stressing ourselves, what kind of role models are we? And, you know, children yep. learn to do what their parents do, you know? It's so I mean, true. Uh, that, that really convicted me, and I thought to myself, I don't want my girls to think this is what they should aspire to. I'm telling right. them, go to college, be smart, have a career. But then what I'm showing them is do all that stuff, but then try to be superwoman. And I think I'm showing my son, you know, not intentionally, but I think I'm showing my son that, you know, the kind of woman you marry should be selfless and just, you know, kind of always wringing her hands and not with enough time to get a haircut. Or, you know, that's no way, that's no way to be. That's not the life I want for them. You're right. It's not what I want for them at all. No, no. Because, again, we just want them to be happy in their lives, but we want them also to be balanced. Right. And if we're not balanced, you know, I mean, this is something for me, you know, as I really meditate every morning. I get up at five, so I have that half hour to meditate. Mm-hmm. And just recognizing, like you were talking about mindfulness, being mindful. Yeah. And, you know, I didn't do that enough when my kids were young because I was a single mom. I was working hard, mm-hmm. running around with them, doing all these things. But, you know, I mean, uh, it, it, it's something to really think about, that you have to have balance in your life. And I think we like you said, a lot of us don't even have that at all. We don't have it. We don't have it, and we think of it. Sadly, it's it's hard to get even when you're trying. I mean, right? I mean, you just said you wake up at five and you, and you do it, and even when you're trying to get to that, it's not easy. But no. it does have to be intentional. It won't just come. 
Right. And I think that, you know, so many parents are working so very hard, working two jobs and right. just trying so hard because everything is so expensive now. And I feel as though we lose sight of the fact that if we don't teach our kids our values, that we really are not doing the job we should be doing. Because it's one thing to give them things. It's one thing for them to have nice homes. It's one thing for them to have all these kinds of experiences. But what you really want them to do is share your values. And we're not taking the time, a lot of times, I think, to show them what our values are. It's one thing to say, you know, be a person of integrity and, you know, do this and do that and, you know, find some kind of spiritual practice and and do that, and this is important. It's one thing to tell them. It's another thing to show them, I think, that, look, this is what I'm doing at this hour. And I've really started to to do that. And sometimes it's just in a small way. When when, when my kids were about, I don't know, 8, 9, 10 years old, I would take them, and I felt, I'm not going to lie, I felt guilty about it for the longest time, but there was a class at my gym that I really liked. It was a kickboxing, cardio class, and <laughs> I just thought the music was the best, and I just left there feeling so on fire, but it was very difficult for me to make that class, because it was at 6 o'clock, I mean, it clearly was not meant for parents. Right, right, <laughs> so right. It was at 6 o'clock, but it was once a week. And I just decided that I needed it so badly, just for my whole mental state. I needed it so badly that I would force the kids to eat an early dinner. Then I would kind of bribe them a little bit, (laughs) fill a backpack with, uh, you know, some gummy bears, maybe a couple of other treats that were neat, coloring books, and I would take them to this class. They would not go to the child care center because they said it smelled of bad diapers. (laughs) So they would would sit there. They would sit there. And I thought, this is horrible. I can't really believe I'm doing this, but I'm going to do it. And lo and behold, they thought it was the most fun. What they enjoyed, I think, most was watching mommy look like a fool because you know how these classes go. Sometimes you can't keep up with the teacher. And I'd hear later, mommy, she was going left and you were going right. (laughs) And they probably loved the music. They loved the music. And mind you, this was a time where I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, we better get the Disney version of that. You know, (laughs) they shouldn't be listening to, I mean, just pop music today. It's just, it's just, it's, it's awful, really. But, I just came to the conclusion that if they don't hear this with me, they're going to hear it anyway. Right. Maybe if they hear 50 Cent, <laughs> yeah. I can say to them, you know, guys, do you know what it means to be a misogynist? You know I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can at least explain it <laughs> rather than have them go out and just sing it like it's supposed to be, you know, the right thing to do. I can at least have them have a context. But more than that, I needed that release. I really did. And I think they enjoyed seeing me look foolish, but I think they also noticed that I was a lot nicer after. (laughs) Well, also they saw that you were doing something for yourself. Yeah. You know, because we're always told we have to love ourselves, respect ourselves, appreciate ourselves. And as we do that, that's the kind of lessons we're teaching our children, Mm -hmm. that they should do the same. So, Mm -hmm. So it was, you know, it was really a beautiful thing to do and and they probably enjoyed that more than 
then, you know, you just being up unhappy because you couldn't go and you're sitting right. there making them a dinner. Right. So, because what yeah. happens, of course, you, you resent yeah. it after yeah. a time, right? And that builds up, it builds up, it builds up. I, I just, I mention it because I just want people to know that, you know, I did a lot of stupid things and some of these things I come to, some of these lessons I learn, it's not because I've had any kind of great outpour of wisdom. It's It's been trial and error. I, I didn't feel so good about myself doing that the first couple of times. Then, though, as I did it, I realized it was the right thing to do. I just, I just always feel a bit strange with people saying, oh, that's, that's great. That's what the expert. I'm not an expert. I'm just yeah. a person yeah. trying to do the best I can. And if someone can learn from something I did or didn't do, then that's great. Yeah. Now, was there a specific time in your life where you did listen to your mother's advice and and that really helped you avoid a calamity? Oh, yeah, big time. When my third child was born, you see, I have two girls who are 16 and 14, and so life was fine with, you know, two kids in a suburb. We don't have a dog, but still, you know, we have the typical. Then, lo and behold, here I turn up pregnant at 40, which shocked me. I just could not believe how in the world could I be pregnant? I thought, you know, surely at my age, people don't get pregnant. No, I'd heard of it happening, but it just, I don't know why it stunned me so, but it really did. I was in denial for months. Well, of when course, now came, you know, now you know that's nothing, right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Go ahead. But let me tell you, when that baby came, he just turned my world upside down. I mean, in a good way, because it was a wonderful thing to have a healthy child and, you know, have this wonderful surprise. But on the other hand, I realized that some of the things I'd been doing, some of the -the by-the-book things that I thought were so great, were just not going to work. We were in a situation where there were more kids in the house than grown-ups, and it was going to be survival of the family. Right, right. And I got pragmatic really fast. You know, I my mom had lots of shortcuts, as I'm sure a lot of women of her generation did. You know, there were things that she would do. For example, she would say to me, when that kid goes to sleep, when that kid goes down, you do X, Y, and Z. You can throw a load of, in the... I used to feel as though I had to wash the clothes, like, in one successive kind of activity. Yeah. You know, you wash them, you dry them, you fold them. Right. Well, no, it's not going to work that way. There will be a load thrown in in the morning, then you can hope to put it you know, back right. in the dryer in the afternoon. Or right. the other thing I think it helped me learn really quickly were better discipline tactics. Because if I didn't make sure that the kids really knew where the boundaries lie, I'd, they'd run roughshod over me, quite yes. frankly. Yes. So I stopped doing all that explaining that I'd been doing for a while. You know how they say, oh, you know, a kid needs to express himself or herself. I, I believe that. I really do. But I also believe that some of us go overboard. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. There's a point at which because I said so, is a perfectly fine explanation. Yes, yes. I I really believe that. Yes. So I got much more firm. Yes, and you know, you just said an important word that I think is the hardest one, whether you're in any relationship, and be that, you know, and I'm always dealing with conflict because I'm a a media and an attorney media. Boundaries are huge. And and if you don't set boundaries with your kids, your spouse, Mm -hmm. your friends, whatever, you will get, you know, Ramroded, right? I mean, you'll you just. You really will. Yeah. You really will. And you will, what 
I found is you will lose yourself. You don't, right. you don't think it can happen. I, someone said to me, oh, what do you wish you'd known? And I had to think about that for a moment. But I tell you, what I wish I'd known before I had kids, I wish I'd known that I'd have to work so hard to hold on to myself. Right. I just, you know, you are yourself. You think you're going to be yourself and la-di-da, things go on. But if you're not careful, and boundaries are critical in this, if you're not careful, you will lose yourself. And I think the hardest thing is also is that you change and evolve. That's and so right. you don't even that's know right. who the heck you are. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think that's another thing because, you know, you have to keep changing. Yeah. And you, you now are a mother. And so, you know, before you were a wife and a lover and, and right. career person or whatever you were. And suddenly now you're also a mother. So you kind of are going through your own crisis of who am I and trying to find your own boundaries. So, you know, it's, it's a, it's a big, big lesson. It's, it is. It's a big lesson. My husband kids run and says, kids are overrated, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, they, they talk about that so much, don't they? In magazine articles Mm -hmm. about kids and happiness indexes and, you know, all of that. It's, um, I, I don't know. It, it, it's more than a notion. It really is because, as you say, you evolve, or you should anyway, right? You should. Right, right. You're, you're evolving, and you should really be constantly assessing and reassessing. But we don't because we just really, I think, get wrapped up in this go-go world, and we don't. We don't stop and look and take thought. Well, we are just this a perfect place to end. We're just out of time. We've been speaking with Yolanda Galt Kavanis, who is the author of this wonderful book, Child Please, How Mama's Old School Lessons Helped Me Check Myself Before I Wreck Myself. And it's so funny. I love this this picture of a beautiful the best <laughs> cover in the world. <laughs> with this little kid grabbing onto mom's leg. It's just so funny. I love it. But anyway, thank you so much, Yolanda. It's wonderful to get to talk to you. It's a wonderful book. Thank you so much. And we'll just give your website, and it's time to go. It's Yolanda, that's Y-L-O-N-D-A, Galt, G-A-U-L-T, dot com. Yolanda, just good luck with your book, and great to talk to you. Oh, it's been a perfect conversation. Great to talk with you as well. Thank you for having me. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to KUCI, 88.9 FM Irvine and KUCI.org and the net. I am Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at... 8.30 a.m. for prescriptions for healing conflict. And visit our website at conflicthealing.com. Thanks. It's about trust. Yeah, yeah. It's about faith. It's about trust. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. 